as yet nobody welcomes you to the newly expanded Get This with Tony Martin and Ed Cavalli. Oh, I'm just too nearly expanded this morning. <laughs> when does a MySpace page become a virtual orgy? Oh. When it's Ed Cavalli's apparently. Bang. We'll go there. Bang. Heaps of jokes as we check into the loony bin. Okay. Pole dancing clubs, Ed, oh. they're becoming more popular I know. than book clubs. Good. I'm talking about your home po- oh, pole dancing really? club. Yeah, yeah, the amateur pole dancing club. We'll get yeah, into a yeah. bit of that. James Cameron reckons he's found Jesus. The real one. <laughs> out in the back shed. Fantastic. Would you vote for someone that looks like you if you're a Finnish listener? The answer is we. And why not spend the rest of your day <laughs> dropping concrete balls into an active volcano? <laughs> That's what they're doing over in Indonesia, apparently. Wow. All this and more coming up on Get This. Along with the game that's the talk of the industry, Ed Cavalier's Radio Conkers. That is a juvenile, idiotic game to play. Only because you lost, Johnny. That's Crowded House coming back, apparently. Here at Get This on Triple M around the nation. Really? I'd be Tony Martin. Yes, that's Ed Cavalier. Hi, came. yeah. Who pushed that button? I mm. think it was Richard Marsland. Ricky. Oh, welcome aboard, everybody. Hey, Ricky. It's the midweek show. What were you saying? The finish for yes is we. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I speak European. I speak foreign. Are you going back to the World Cup this year? Well, it's not on time. It's only four year, every oh. four years. But I'm glad you brought this up because right. I need three weeks off in June. Yeah. Because uh, the Asian... <laughs> oh, okay, Rich. Because uh, there's three weeks in... Uh, this, uh, the Asian Cup of Nations is on, the soccer. Oh, right, and right. I really need to see if we're going to beat... Uh, you know, Chinese Taipei. And, uh, are you going to be reporting on that from, I don't know, New Zealand? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Somewhere like that? The mood takes me. <laughs> See, we need a, a reason, though. I mean, last year you were trying to yeah. track down Otto Fister, coach yeah. of Togo. Yeah, yeah. What's the big issue at the Asian Games? Um, yeah, track well, down an opium den? Six Chang- months. In Chiang Rai? Six months to think of one. <laughs> uh, you know, we need a bit of action here. Yeah, action, action. We want action. It's the middle of the week, so it's time for... Richard Marsland Midweek Challenge Yes, it's the uh, Richard Marsland Midweek Challenge and uh, that always prompts a lot of fireworks at the (laughs) studio and the intro goes on a bit Yeah, it's quite a lot of fireworks and it's clearly going to be a a great challenge. <laughs> That's a 21 cannon salute. I hope we're not overselling it. Oh, that was awesome. Thank wow. you. Marty Sheargold on Flashpots. Sheargold <laughs> esque. Okay. okay, there's a lot of talk about Richard Mars, and everyone wants him to panel their show. <laughs> they, do. they do. How good is he? The new zoo. Begging for his services in Adelaide. That is true. Shebang tried to get him. Yeah. Uh, understanding 50. Um, <laughs> I was doing some stand-up with Cole Elliott a couple of weeks ago. Can't help laughing with Cole. Yeah. It's time to canvas a big issue. Mm. I think nuclear power, that would be the big issue today. Yep. All right. And we're going to do it with the help of Richard Mars, and we're going to find out just how good he is on the buttons. Awesome. Okay. Have you been rehearsing? Uh, yeah, sure. What can you do? I mean, all I can do is crack my knuckles and hope for the best. All right. We're going to put you to the test, and we'll. Uh, I think we've got someone on the line. Mr. Howard, I think, is, is on the line. Uh, yes. Uh, get this. Uh, my film that nobody else likes is Ice Castles. Uh, that was Monday's show, Mr. Howard. Today we're talking nuclear power. Oh. Uh, is it true you knew about this bid to build a new reactor by a consortium uh, of local businessmen? Uh, of course. Uh, crazy John told me about the idea months uh, ago. Uh, sorry? Crazy? John is involved? Yes, uh, Crazy John's Discount Energy Warehouse, brain-snapping nuclear bargains, clean, green and completely insane. Nice sound effect, Mr Howard. Uh, Mr Rudd, your comments? If the Prime Minister wants to be hairy-chested about nuclear energy, then perhaps... Yep, we've heard that one. Uh, Rodney Rood, your view. (laughs) Mr Howard, how many reactors are we talking about in total? No, no, not Toto, Richard. I quite like that song. Uh, and I'd like to request Ed Cavalier's Nights in White Satin. Nights in White Satin. Mr. Howard, I think we're getting off the subject. If this keeps up, we'll never... Never reach for the end. <laughs> yep, yeah, so... If the Prime Minister wants to be hairy-chested about the moody blues... I wasn't talking to you, Mr. Rudd. <laughs> Nearly cocked it up there, Richard. Sure did. <laughs> Why do you keep playing that laugh? Is it because Rodney's on his... Frog sack. ...tour? Because he is on his... Frog sack. ...tour? Anyway, getting back to Mr. Howard, who's certainly not on a... Frog sack. ...tour... <laughs> 
Harry Goodrichard. <laughs> if Mr. Rude wants to be hairy chested about. <laughs> Shut up, Rudd. You're not on a frog sack. Tour? Who's to say whether I am or not? It's Rodney Rudd. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, this this interview's completely off course. Mr. Howard, are you gearing up for a... Frog sack. Sorry, a, a showdown with Maxine McHugh? I'll take whoever the ABC can throw at me. Maxine, Ian Parmander, B2, Rob Pole the Bailey, right. whoever they right. want. Right, can I just play some comments you made in a recent interview on this program? Uh, it's not one of those sketches, is it? They are, as Alexander Downer likes to say... Pure <laughs> Good one, Richard. No, no, this is the clip here. Yeah, I hear you've uh, had some pretty wild parties at the lodge. There have been allegations about Tony, human rights abuses. Tony, that is a ludicrous caricature of my voice. I'm not going to respond to that. Mr Rudd. If the Prime Minister... Yes, thank you. That's clearly a case of... Frank Butcher from EastEnders. You've got no right to just barge in here. I have every right. Oh, really? Why is that? I love you, you balmy old horse. I see. Uh, David Bowie, your thoughts on nuclear power? It is the NAS. <laughs> or maybe it's not. I don't think it is the NAS. Although Gavin Wood from Houseboat Horror says... Magnificent, you'll bar up. Hinder, your thoughts? That wasn't the answer I was expecting. So you're saying now you're qualified to you tell me. David Dickinson from Bargain Hunt has joined us. <laughs> oh, you're just playing anything now. Uh, this is I'm a, paying money. What are you doing? Yeah, belly black oh, come on. What? Richard, I, Richard, I don't think the computer can handle... Absolute bollocks. Everybody, How good get is this? down! You were just playing anything there at the end. Sorry. It's an old panel. It's got bell bottoms. <laughs> it can't handle that. What's all this white powder that's all over me from inside the panel? Whoa. Why is that dog attacking Jesus. you? Uh, so much uh, more to get to. Pretty good. My brain's exploded. Who am I? <laughs> my Kevin Rudd. John Peters is in the corner. <laughs> What's happened? What's happened? I can't follow any of it. We need some music to recover. Here, get this. Oh, that's the John Butler Trio Funky tonight, this morning here at Get This on Triple M. And uh, he's, uh, he's at John Butler's angling to play the theme song for Funky Junkie. That's what he wants. That's what he's at. That's I don't know what he's into. But we've already got a theme song for Funky Junkies. Yeah, well, why don't we do the segment then, Tony? Because why is it a segment we're not allowed to do? Because it attracts uh, disdain whenever we do it. <laughs> whenever on. we hint that we're going to do it. <laughs> All right, I'll stop complaining. Yeah, look, there's a whole list of stuff, I have to say. Mm. Every day at the top of the show, we go, coming up on the program. Yeah. And then going to an air break, we might go, stick around because we're doing this. You, you've mentioned like dozens of things already <laughs> this year, which you've never done. What? What happened to the Razzie winners? We're going to do that on our Oscar show. What oh, happened yeah. to the air break yesterday? And you go, stick around because I've got news on Galen's career. Yeah, I did say that. Do you not write things down? No. I mean, <laughs> it used to be just challenges that you never did. Now, like, whole sentences are previewed and they never turn up. Well, what's it about Gail and Tone? I don't know. <laughs> but do I, right I tell you off air? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you said, I'll tell you on air. <laughs> so, if You know, I want to make a promise. I thought, I actually... Just, Another one. No, no, hang on. I, I, I thought about this this morning, right? Because yeah. I've been listening back to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Firstly, I'm getting a little bit upset because Marlon's starting to show me up, right? With his wow. constant professionalism, <laughs> buttons and highlighted bits of paper and great <laughs> jokes. Yeah. Uh, so, what... Oh, you just... Put him away, Marslem. Got, uh, got something on that fat kid from England, have you? Uh, <laughs> I think we all saw that one. So, <laughs> I left my printout of that downstairs. What though, I love so is I don't have anything. Richard and I were looking at it for jokes, and Ed's just looking at it like it's a menu. That's well, great, seventeen hamburgers for lunch. I did notice that he has a hamburger and chips for lunch. Yeah, mm. but he was uh, thinking about having it for breakfast. Trying to oust the yeah. cocoa pops because they just weren't tasty enough. We're getting to right. that later. What was the thing yeah. about a priest and a? Oh, what did the priest give a stripper? Yeah, that story a was... A severed hand. He we was waited three weeks to find that out. <laughs> Every day, the top of the second hour, you said that. And oh, that's what it was. it's not interesting. Why did he give it's a... It's not interesting that a stripper is trying to seduce a, a doctor and he's looking for gifts to give her and he's thinking, well, you can't give the girl that has everything, you know, mm. money-wise, stuffed into her stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, I've got to give her something that she's going to remember me by. So he gave her a severed hand. Did he slip it down the front of the dirt? <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> sort of Jack Nicholson and the Departed style. Exactly. Right. And right. where did that happen? So that we know it's a new story uh, and not something you've just made to up. To Seattle. Let's uh, say Seattle. Seattle. <laughs> okay, what other things have you promised to Nothing. talk about and never got to? Uh, what about your MySpace page? Emails. Mm. 
Emails. Oh, you know, here we go. I yeah. do have one of those. Okay. okay, here we go. This is from Nathan, mm. probably several weeks ago. Thank you, Ed, it says in big letters. After hearing your glowing endorsements for Short Bass, ah, I rented yes. it to watch with friends. Mm. Never have I seen such damage done to the human psyche in such a short period of time. <laughs> one friend still stares at me, unable to say anything <laughs> other than, but why on your own face? Another claims he will never play the trombone again. Uh-huh. My housemate has retreated into her room for the last two days to watch it repeatedly mm. with only the sound of constant giggling emerging from within. Right, right. Leaving me to answer the calls from the video store asking for the movie's return because it's hired uh, on my card. Uh, what freaks they must think I am. Showing this movie to the sexually rep- repressed has now become more fun than making vegans watch the buffalo slaughter in Apocalypse Now. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what he does. That's his I, idea of fun. That's Nathan, one of us. Uh, you, I asked you for a sting, didn't I? I just found a little something. And What did you want it to represent? Uh, short Bus. Okay. So now from now on when we mention Short Bus, this is the Sonic Action Trigger. So hey, Rich, have you seen Short Bus? <laughs> Is that it? I thought it was a splat. Well, we we, couldn't find a splat. Can we not say sonic action trigger? (laughs) (laughs) It's the kind of terminology we're meant to be avoiding on this program. So there you go. But listen, I'll give you a promise, Martin. Yeah. I'm going to tabulate all the things I said I'd never do, because I think it's a metaphor for my life. A lot of things I say I do, I never do them, and I'm going to do them. It's just a giant Bay-Marie in front of you with (laughs) just little stories from the Brisbane Courier Mail from last October just floating to the surface. Tony, I'm not very good at this. Short bus is only on overnight loan only. Yeah. I, I think it's fair to point out that it is not for the kiddies. Right. We've said that every time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to see it now because it's been built up so much. I'm mm. expecting something, I'm sure, far more mm. graphic than There what is a very happy ending. Okay. <laughs> yeah, at <Wonderful>. the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got serious issues. Promises. Oh, so what? This break was just have a go at Cavalier. Is that what it was? No, it was informative about films. Oh, <laughs> that, you know what? I am going to sizzle something. Yeah. Everyone listening, go to myspace.com uh, forward slash Ed Cavalli. Mm. There are some pictures of you, Tony, which oh, will make me. some very interesting viewing. Don't worry, I'm sure you will have forgotten <laughs> by the end of this song. <laughs> yes, all right. Thank yeah. you, Rolling Stones. Start me up. Bit of a one-hit wonder, that Rolling Stone. <laughs> so is that the only song they've ever got? Why can't we play Rocks Off? Mm, Wouldn't yeah. that be good? That'd the be opening awesome. track from Exile on Main Street. Mm. I think we play Tumble and Dice. Oh, yes, it's please. a good track. Yeah, let's have that. Yeah, we pull that out from Exile on Main Street. Yeah. Waiting on a Friend is a good track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we play occasionally. Yeah. Uh, it's only rock and roll, but I like it. Why didn't we have that one? Sympathy for the Devil. Well, yeah, that's, that's six a and a half song. minutes. But, yeah, you know. six and a half minutes. Can we cut it down? Yeah. I don't like things <laughs> that go six and a half minutes. <laughs> Summer of 69 edit. <laughs> uh, what have you found on your MySpace page? Oh, my friends. Oh, my God. My 800 friends have been hard at it. Uh, Michael has sent in a lovely photograph of you with the Turn silkest. Turn the screen round. What is it? What <laughs> Look is at it? that silky yellow shirt. Oh, my God. That's me. <laughs> Pseudo Echo, I think, was the sketch. He's got a flying V guitar, yeah. a very serious pout on his face, same glasses he's wearing today. Oh uh, and the highest G. Look, you know what he's. Look at that, Rich. Look at that attention to detail. He's pulled the jeans yeah. up above the uh, the edge of the flying V, but below the, the, the satin shirt tuck in, just yeah. so we can check out the silver buckle. That's yeah, Funky Town playing the tabaret. And here you are now. Look, <laughs> That's me as Warwick Camper, no, apparently. No, you can say what you like. That's you in a Don Johnson wig, big <laughs> Glasses, a cold chain. How are these? Because these aren't off the Late Show uh, DVD. These Michael must Baker. be people who have got the original tapes. Uh, I don't know. Look, oh Michael says God. he's gone through oh, his yeah. archives. So yeah. great job, son. Read through his archives. What must they be like? Your house? Final. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Now, uh, off air, Tony, just yep. to let people in on the world. <laughs> the song comes on. You take your, you took your headphones <laughs> off and went, Richard, you want to talk? You want to mention that fat kid now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know that fat kid? Yes. It's like working with... Uh, give him a kicking. Forrest Whitaker in The Last King of Scotland sometimes. <laughs> Itty Martin. It's Itty Martin. But then... <laughs> joking. But then the conversation was like, oh, well, are we having a go at him? And then it's like, no, it's his mother yes. yeah. who's well, making him eat. Yeah. It's tough love that that fat kid needs. It's not like it's a medical condition no. that he can't help putting on food. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the guy's daily intake. Breakfast, uh, Cocoa Pops. That's delicious. Fine. Start sensible. That's 11 a.m. That's not fine. 11 a.m. This is an eight-year-old kid mm-hmm. who looks like the bloke from Lost <laughs> on a diet. <laughs> 11 a.m., three slices of toast with sliced meat. Whoa. Mm. Lunch, that's an hour later, two sausages, a burger, chips, and soft drink. Oh. Dinner, takeaway, roast. Uh, the roast will include 
Yorkshire puddings, four of them. Snacks. This is where the trouble starts. Every 20 minutes, intake will include four packets of chips, three packets of biscuits, several bars of chocolate. Wow. Jeez Louise. Stop drooling it. (laughs) (laughs) Is she looking to adopt that woman? (laughs) She wanted a 27-year-old son to go with her eight-year-old? She'll take the roof off the house and crane the kid down to your neck if you want. Is he being fed sandwich on stick? No, because I saw him on the news. Yeah. Oh, trampoline. Best trampoline. footage ever. And the, and the smallest kid trying to stand as far away from him on the trampoline as yes. he can because he knows what's going to happen. The bounce back. One false jump and he's face first into the gut. <laughs> or even worse, if he falls, it's face first into the gear, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sure he's been projected to whale on occasion. Uh, hmm. nasty, pun. nasty pun there. But no, I feel a little bit a sorry. Because, you know, he's only eight years of old, uh, years of age, and yeah. yet he has... He's broken four beds and five <laughs> bikes, has trouble dressing himself. Mm. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. It's good stuff. Now, if he was having trouble dressing himself, okay, on its own, mm. that's not funny. But it's mm. his mother mm. who just won't stop, and she's going... Oh, he doesn't like... What was the bit where she goes... Well, if it's neglect, then he would be starving. That's yeah. What, that's what her argument was. <laughs> and she's going, oh, he, he just likes junk food. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried... He, he put a bit of apple in his mouth once and just spit it out in disgust. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want the 14 Yorkshire puddings, please. <laughs> just... I, I don't... A slice of toast with sliced meat. Is that something you would ever eat? Uh, uh, toast and meat. Toast and venison. Toast and real veal. Delicious. There is some good news. He's been cast as a goon in a new Guy Ritchie film, so that's um, <laughs> wonderful. No, that's a bit mean, but there was a grab from the uh, from the kid um, yeah. himself, and uh-huh. obviously it's a big issue. Sure. Um, child obesity. Yeah. Um, but here's the little kid speaking now. Yes. <coughs> And you have huge and being on my trampoline lots of times. Yeah, I don't know exactly what he said, but if you slow it down, um, when he coughs, you can actually hear what he coughs up. Eating less. That's unnecessary. Sorry, that's all Matt Dower. Do, do you know who? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you you right. love it that now. Don't you? Do you know who? Uh, who's who's to blame here? Is the bullies? Bullies. The bullies aren't doing their job. Well, oh, hang on. This is where they... Be this, careful. No, this is where they come into their own. Hmm. If, if a kid's packing... Oh, nervous. so bullies can work for good. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. He's eight years old. Yeah, and he's, he's, obvi- he's going to school. <laughs> no bullies have noticed he's a boomba. No one's shout, No one's going in teasing him any names. No one wants him to, you know, bounce off the tramp and onto them, <laughs> I'm guessing. This is... Come on, guys. Pick up your socks. But this is Stop interesting. Stop worrying about the kids with the bum chins and go after the fat kids. <laughs> because we had that... Uh, bloke who did work experience last year. Oh, Tom. Tom, and mm. he said that this was the reason there was uh, child obesity because they're clamping down on bullies. He was right. He's absolutely See? right. Swings and roundabouts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, is that? Uh, yeah, give us a call. That's what you think, eh? Child obesity crisis. That's been covered. <laughs> Next up, what? <laughs> uh, oh, what? Pamela actress? Anderson. Oh, another fat kid. No. <laughs> clubs. Oh. Lap dancing clubs. Home lap dancing clubs, oh. apparently more popular now than book clubs. Finally. Yeah, the big issue's next on Get This. Get This. Don't forget to tell them how nice they look. Brought to you by Nathan Beck of Achuka, who recommends the Get This Fleetcast. Compared to the Fleetcast, other podcasts are offering boobkiss. Uh, around the country. Good on you. I'd like to thank everyone who continues to email in about our movie show on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people who would like to just go forever. I uh, yes. Uh, here's an interesting email from Leanne who says, "Leave Anthony Michael Hall alone." Anthony, we didn't have a go. Uh, I think we did uh, recently, not on the movie show. Uh, he doesn't need to make a comeback as he does already star in the highly successful show The Dead Zone for the past five years, what, six seasons. What is The Dead Zone? Well, it was the movie. Christopher, oh, the Stephen King thing? Yeah, yeah Christopher Walken. Oh, this is the TV version. It's yeah, you know, five series. It's so true. You know you're doing well when you're in a TV spin-off yes. of a straight-to-video Stephen King release. <laughs> <laughs> but Says the man rejected from KFC ads. <laughs> Leanne says that it is so good, this show, that Channel 9 are buggering around with the time slot and putting it after midnight, so that usually is a sign that's good. <laughs> She's right. The Wire, The yeah. Sopranos, Kerber Enthusiasm, after midnight. That's Can I the see action. that? Did you make that email up just I, so you could go on like that? I didn't. Have a look. Damn it. Leanne. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Leanne. Leanne. Okay. And what does she say? At the end, she says, um, uh, maybe Judd Nelson is more in Ooh. need of a comeback. Ooh. What about Jonathan Silverman? 
Oh, for right, he the, always pops up. Too good for too long. The other guy from uh, Weekend at Bernie's, Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy, yeah, yeah. yeah. and Jonathan. Oh, Silver. Yeah, right. okay. mm. Gordon. Well, we've mm. lost everybody. <laughs> uh, people. I was going to say something about that. Yeah, Judd Nelson. The story is that John Cusack was meant to play uh, that role in The Breakfast Club, right? Bender, and he. Uh, but what happened on the uh, during John Cusack's audition? Judd Nelson was throwing a tennis ball at the wall outside yeah. and like making a lot of noise. And then he walked in dressed as the character, threw a tennis ball at John Hughes, said a few lines and walked out, gave him the part. Wow. Jeez. Did the part, was never seen again. <laughs> uh, time for some music. Um, I've run out of things to say about yeah, this. Uh, it's, it's always at this time. <laughs> so straight to Jet. There's nothing new to be said. <laughs> and that's Jet here to Get This. It's Triple M around the nation. Uh, once again, thank you for people sending in emails about Richard Marsland's <laughs> appearance in the film Boy Town. It's out on DVD oh, now. Is. You're in yeah. the uh, audio studio, aren't you, Rich? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm standing behind uh, Gary Eck. Didn't you have a line that got cut? No, I had half a line. It wasn't official. I managed to wangle it into the film. (laughs) Playing a record company executive. Max. So I'm assuming you did have half a line. We've got (laughs) an email from Mel who says, Richard, that was the best non-speaking role in history. Cheers. Ed, I love your facial expressions. They're brilliant. Tony, love the hair. <laughs> Which uh, I should point out was the same mullet wig worn uh, by Steve Bastoni yes. in an episode of Stingers. <laughs> for those, you know, keeping score. What about the jacket? Isn't the jacket have some significance as well? I don't know. It was all meant to pay off on the DVD. Uh, it was all sort of, as uh, Vince Van Patten says mm. on the World Poker Tour, laying down the twigs and branches <laughs> for the DVD. But a lot of people are emailing in Mike Cahill, the latest, to say, what's happened to Boytown Confidential? Why isn't it on the DVD? Mm, a very good question. Shocking horror. Another cover-up. <laughs> oh, John thinks it's a cover. <laughs> we'll be sizzling that controversy. Now, uh, what are we talking? I reckon we're getting up the mountain. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. <laughs> Something for Ciara fans. Have you installed a pole in your lounge room, Richard Marsland, like uh, these suburbanites are doing now? Look at that. Oh, yeah, okay, because it's good for fitness. Yeah, uh, yeah it helps, you, helps your abs, it helps you get toned. Yeah. Helps your core, yeah. uh, your glutes. Now, but hang on, Tone, you've been saying lap dancing club. Oh, pardon That's me. That's something very different. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so it's fine for people to have a pole dancing club yeah. in their house. Lap dancing club would just be weird. I'd say the other way around. Okay. I would love the night to see when you show up for book club. Yeah. Nah, things have changed. <laughs> Music's on. Well, it's on the laps. See, people going are, off. They're getting sick of book clubs because you've got to, uh, what's the phrase, read the book. <laughs> After the Da Vinci Code, I just yeah. stopped. Once you've got to. are never going to get any better than that. Da Vinci Code and Life of Pi. <laughs> and what's the other one they There's always nowhere do? nowhere to go. The Kite Runner. What about the Joy Luck Club? Oh, That's yeah. still getting a run, isn't it? Uh, speaking of book clubs uh, yeah. you think you guys are nerds there are a couple of guys yesterday on the beaches uh, giving away spare books from the library <laughs> out of a wheelbarrow yeah on the beach barrow full of books spare books <laughs> uh, do you reckon one person read them yeah, I know no they were just found floating out to sea moments later but this is this is in America but I have heard of it happening here pole dancing clubs I know uh, someone that's a pole dancing instructor yeah oh, okay yeah when's she coming in soon hopefully okay uh, once exclusively the province of exotic dancers has flared as a much-hyped Hollywood exercise craze and has seeped through into the collective unconscious through shows such as The Sopranos and Desperate uh, Housewives. Uh, people are having uh, pole dancing parties all over. Mini poles have been spotted at suburban bar mitzvahs. <laughs> <laughs> really? How do you combine those two? It's a, it's a very ancient tradition. Yeah, Light the candles, it's grandma bit, spins around the pole. It's a bit boring, the old bar mitzvah. It's just snip, snip, everyone go home. Maybe some pole dancing and pad out the running time. Welcome snip, to adulthood. Snip, snip. Apparently. You know so much. The pole at, uh, well, the pole is the new star of racier versions of Tupperware parties uh, yeah. which are busting out all over. And you do hear this, it's fitness. Oh, it's about fitness. Yeah. Is that woman getting fitter, do you think? So much fitter. <laughs> Look at her go. Look yeah. at her core strength. Jill, that woman is going to have a column and zoo by next week, <laughs> I think. That's what they need for this kid in England. Oh, oh still a pole in the house. <laughs> Yeah. Teach it in schools. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. Oh, I still like the idea of a lap dancing club more myself. What they need to do is install a pole in that kid and then just spin him <laughs> like one of the giant things they have at the kebab shop. Install a pole in a kid. <laughs> now, uh, that kid needs tough love. I know it sounds cruel, yeah. but that kid will die. And so, I mean, how many kids you got? Me? Yeah. None. 
He's How fat's your Labrador? Enormous, fatter than that kid. <laughs> you can uh, stand a marble on the back of the dog. It will roll for hours. Never fall off. Clubs! Surely not just pole dancing, nay, lap dancing clubs in the suburbs. What other clubs are people setting up now? Cannabis growing. Oh, yeah, maybe uh, not. The old cannabis growing club. Yeah. Here we go. Look at this. Whopper crop tip to the kip, uh, from tip to cops. Yeah. Someone in uh, Victoria's got 80 plants found. Now, I need for us, the other club that we're, if we've all just joined, yes. is the Looney Bin. Oh, really? <laughs> All right, everyone, it's the Looney Bin with Slabs, Tony Martian, and the Bedwetter. Uh, see, the cops have busted a cannabis uh, crop here. It says here that the uh, sophisticated cannabis operation was found and there was a bloke asleep on a mattress. Hey, how sophisticated is that? And one eyewitness said that uh, he, th- he figured it was a cannabis crop because there was a strong smell of cannabis coming from the house when he walked past. He also asked police if they had a bag of chips. Oh, <laughs> we... Maybe not be the loony bin. Come any, on, he loved the loony bin. <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> clubs. What cl- Here's one we belonged to for years. Bunch of comedians and myself uh, set up the Beef Eaters Society. What's and that? this was a club that would meet once a month and go to a different uh, theatre restaurant. <laughs> really? A right. different theatre we went to. You know, we, w- we did them in themes. Uh, yeah. We went to all the places you could get locked in for the night. Alcatraz, the dungeon. Cool. Uh, then we went on the witchcraft theme, witches and britches. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? The cauldron. Yeah. Dracula's. Dracula's. There you go. It's bloody expensive though. It was an expensive club, <laughs> and we did eat a lot of food with no cutlery, just with your hands, because that's what it's about at Dirty Dicks. But that was a great club. Uh, it's a great club. What happened to it? Oh, it was. It just, um, you know, eventually. I think the phrase "all you can eat" eventually you just eventually do eat enough. Ah, there you, <laughs> you go. just do have enough beef medallions <laughs> floating For one lifetime in a chocolate instant pudding. <laughs> <laughs> I have eaten all I can. <laughs> uh, clubs, Richard Marsden. Um, I don't belong to any, uh, but I've heard of the Sons of Lee Marvin. Oh yeah, yes. People who look like Lee Marvin. People who look like, uh, of course, the famous actor mm. Lee Marvin, yeah. and it's a whole bunch of celebrities. It's uh, is it Iggy Pop? Oh, I think Jim Jarmusch is in there. Jim he Jarmusch. does look like Lee Marvin. Uh, Nick we, Cave. Yeah. Uh, I think Tom Waits. Right. Yeah. Also. Nick Cave looks like Lee Marvin. And so you have to have a more than passing resemblance to Lee Marvin. <laughs> passing. To uh, yeah. yeah. To, I'm to part of the sons of Andrew McCarthy myself. <laughs> I'm sons of Jack Warden. <laughs> But I like the idea, though, of the yeah, Sons of Lee good. Marvin Club. Very it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Clubs in Cavalry? Drama club at uni. Oh. Yeah. What did you open with? UNESCO? No, no, we did uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Of course you did. I, I did a four-hour biblical play where I played God mm. uh, out in the, uh, out in the, in the, in the courtyard in yeah. the middle of winter. It was freezing. How did you tackle that role? Silver shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Spray painted my shoes silver. <laughs> I had a cane. A possum ran across the stage one night. They uh, talked about it for years. Hey, spoke about it for years. Clubs. I'm trying to think if there have been any others. You? Mm. You wouldn't like all that getting together, would you? I was. Yeah, I was in the uh, amateur theatre. No, the sorry. What do you call it? The Super Eight Film Society. <laughs> that was. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Wow. Because in those days. You you know, a reel of film was only three and a half minutes, yeah. and it cost most of your pocket money. <laughs> so you couldn't just point at anything like you can with a video camera and just belt stuff off. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Really think about like? it. Like? Um, mostly BMX jumps. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I think we can get eight. We can get eight good ones onto a Super 8 reel. Wow. This is the pre-YouTube era. Okay, these are a piss week selection of clubs. Yeah. Yep. I'm sure our listeners belong to clubs and societies much more impressive and interesting than these. I'm sure most of them are in institutions right now. Call us up. Not the loony bin, hopefully. Oh. One, triple, three, five, three. And that'll be Fat Boys Slim. Uh, it's get this. We're up Talkback Mountain, are we? Yes, we certainly are. Apparently a lot of people starting their own pole dancing clubs out there in the suburbs. What other interesting clubs do people belong to, Ed? Hello, Andrew. G'day, how you going? Really good, sir. What club you're in? I was the youngest ever president of the Bacchus Marsh Agricultural Show Society. Congratulations. They have a pole installed? Oh, they didn't, <laughs> but I only lasted six months because I closed the show down after six months. You I, was only, I was the only president of the Bacchus Marsh Agricultural Show Society never to see a show. So what did right, you do what wrong? Did you do? It, it was unfinancial, so I closed it down. What do you mean? It, they, they were non-financial. They were broke. They oh. didn't even realise it. So right. you closed it. You closed it down. You killed uh, it. Killed it after six months. Wow! Oh. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> Look at that. He's laughing it off. <laughs> yeah, what, what next? What are you running now? 
Oh, no, no, we're just doing vegetables now. Okay, yeah, fair right. I'm just enjoying the phrase non-financial. I'm loving non-financial. <laughs> so I'm broke, I'm going to say, I'm non-financial. Oh, really? You're yeah. uh... like those people in the war who are dead. What are they called? Non-operative <laughs> personnel. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep up the good work, Andrew. Perhaps a uh, job at a telco for you, sir. <laughs> Hello there, Eric. How are you? Yeah, good yourself. Very good, sir. What club have you in? I uh, used to belong to the International Plastic Modelling Society. Oh. International. <laughs> How international were they? Oh, we made stuff from all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and wh- what did you make? What are we talking? Oh, anything. It was mainly into tanks and all nice World War Two stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my older brother who got me into it, he was uh, he specialised in little soldiers about 132 scale. Oh, 132. That's a good scale. That's a great scale. <laughs> what were the meetings like when the clubs got together? Um... There were some pretty good guys in there, yeah. pretty dorky, so you would have fitted in real good, you. Yeah, lots of uh, discussions about decals, things like that. <laughs> oh, 50 cal was the ultimate weapon. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually sure myself. <laughs> and are you still in there, Eric? No, nah, that was a long, long time ago. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Eric. Have you ever thought about making little plastic, uh, uh, sorry, international plastic models uh, of Birdman Rally entrance? Now, that'll be a challenge. Now, here we go. He's yes. thinking now. now. So you'd have to start getting kits of all different sorts of planes. Yeah. you start picking out little bits and pieces. Yeah. And uh, just mould them together. Well, <laughs> that's good because we need to get that Birdman rally off the ground. Yeah. Are we going to get that guy uh, from Foxtel, Tim Gunn? Who's Tim Gunn? He's a fashion consultant. We're going to do Project Birdman. Ah, yes. Project Birdman coming soon well, to get Thorpey. this. Thorpey's the new judge on Australia's next top something or other. He is. He could help out. He is. And, of course, it's a sad day today because uh, Billy Thorpe has oh, yes. uh, passed away. Yeah, yeah. And in the next hour of this program, a very special announcer will be coming in, a guest announcer, to uh, help us commemorate the life of Billy Thorpe. So with the Howard Show on Triple M. One of the great figures of the Australian hard rock and roll scene. He earned his greatest success with the Aztecs and shot to national prominence with a string of brash albums and songs and powerful performances at the Sundry Music Festival. Wow. <laughs> He's got some moves, that guy. Wow. He hit the post. <laughs> he did well. He hit the post wow. Secret Sound coming up. Oh. And thankfully, uh, Mr. Howard has uh, bought us some time so that we can get a third caller. Hello, Brett. How are you? <laughs> hey, Brett. How are you? Hello, hello. Oh, Brett, thanks for calling, man. I was going to have to talk to Eric about uh, plastic modelling for months if you didn't call in. <laughs> What's your club? Um, I'm part of a duck hunting club. Yep. No, sorry, a duck preservation club run sh- by duck hunters. Right, so initially you said duck hunting and then no preservation. <laughs> yeah, no, it's preservation run by hunters. And right. how, how does one preserve a duck? Uh, well, I guess they preserve the breeding so they can hunt them later. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. So you're uh, okay. So you're fattening them up yeah. and then yeah. sending them out there and then shooting them. So it's a very limited preservation, but there oh, is yeah. some preserving before the gory end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Brett, uh, I guess well done. Well, the thank you. you very much, Brett. Deferring duck death. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we have one more person. Hi, Travis. Uh, uh, Travis, how are you? Good, mate. Yourself? Good. What are you, uh, which club are you in? Uh, I'm not in it myself, but there's a yes, club at uni know. called the Fellowship of Middle Earth. Yeah, I know. Oh, wow. Which uni are we talking, bro? Monash Uni. Mm, they're everywhere. I went to Sydney and they're, they're there as well. Now, what are they up to? Because when I was there, it was just sort of long coats and, and, and sort of singing poems and, and just sitting around dark corners playing snooker and stuff. What are they doing at your uni? Uh, they're actually um, have their own balls where they dress up as elves and hobbits <laughs> and all those sorts of things and they have their own balls. Really? Right. And does anyone else uh, dress up as a bunch of orcs and kick the crap out of them? <laughs> Most likely. Okay. <laughs> well, things haven't changed. Uh, things have not changed one bit. Travis, why aren't you involved? Uh, I don't have enough time. What are you doing with your time? Uh, I'm usually hanging out... Um, the Economic Society. Oh, they're a barrel of laughs. They're That's where the real action dressing is. Dressing up as the Sydney Institute to go to stuff. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Travis. Thank you to all four people who called us. Yeah. We're going to be in the next hour uh, joined by, uh, well, firstly, obviously, the Prime Minister. Yeah, this yeah, will yeah. be tribute and Lawrence Mooney. Get this. Truly Get this. I want
because I can, if I don't because I wanna. It's the second hour of Get This. Be ignored by the stiff and the bored because I'm gonna. Look, Ed, look, Richard, it's Lawrence Mooney. He's ah. in. Oh. He's dropped in to do his tax. He's brought his best <laughs> four bit with him. And you know, if you're a small business person, you have to pay today. Oh, oh really? Today? They, they actually do a lovely Australian thing where they extend it uh, from the end of January because of the summer oh, Christmas yeah. period, yeah. holidays, and uh, make it the end of February. Of course, I've got to pay it now. Okay. <laughs> so if you're listening, my accountant, yeah. tell me how much I have to pay and there I'll, we go. I'll we'll get down to the post office. Play some long songs so you can get that done thoroughly. <laughs> hey, uh, clubs, do you belong to any clubs? I formerly was a, a proud member of the scouting movement. Oh, oh. what badges did you get? Uh, I was uh, up, I had Adventurer, Explorer, I had, I think, Red, Blue and Green. Wow. Uh, what is a Pioneer, Explorer, Adventurer, and I was a patrol leader. Wow. Patrol leader of the uh, esteemed Rosella Patrol. Oh, we were all named after native birds. Did you get your upskirting badge? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's a big one. I won't hey. have the woggle mocked on this show. You've been uh, driving a cab, have you? Yes, I have. Wow, comedy's going well in this country. <laughs> no, we're going to talk about that next. It's all part of a new secret Lawrence Mooney project uh, that he talked about in the paper on the weekend. That's next. <laughs> I'll get this. Dancing in the dark. That'd be Bruce Springsteen. It's the second hour of Get This. Myself, Tony Martin, Ed Cavalier's mm-hmm. here. Richard Marsden's pushing a button, and now Lawrence Mooney's class yeah, to join man, up. up. Medium, Lawrence Mooney. Welcome back. Thank you very much, Tony. It's always nice to be in here. Yes. In the air-conditioned comfort at oh, Get This. It can turn. All of a sudden, it'll be Singapore Airport. <laughs> right. Has mon- it got its own <laughs> weather system? Get This. That monkey that used to choose the music. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> He's in the vents. We have been told explicitly not to mention that anymore. That never happened. (laughs) Sorry, the outbreak monkey. One day I will connect up my email at this joint and find out what I'm supposed to say and not supposed to say. Is that monkey ill? No, what? It's now on the unky, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get another word. Let's uh, move to less controversial topics. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Plagiarism in comedy. Ah, Something that always Party in Nuremberg there, Tone? Yeah, there's a lot of evidence building for the Nuremberg. Lawrence is telling me that there is an instance where plagiarism is permitted. I think that uh, there's a tacit agreement amongst comedians, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm invoking the word tacit, yeah, well, uh, that uh, if you're corpsing at a corporate, uh, you have got diplomatic immunity on reaching for any material right? you want. Uh, and that goes as far as Rodney Dangerfield, oh. right through to Greg Fleet. Uh, <laughs> have you ever done Rodney's joke about Canada? Um, no, I've done a couple of Rodney's jokes. Uh, I grew up in a tough area, the Lebanese restaurant around the corner. Their specialty was broken leg of lamb. Uh, <laughs> it's so, every, every time we shut the window, we broke somebody's fingers. Um <laughs> It does get very desperate it's on the wonderful. corporate circuit, and I can yeah. understand why you might have to bust out the uh, Dangerfield gear. And, uh, of course, there's comedians that uh, get into a narrative, and there's comedians that are gag meisters, yeah. and I'm not one of them. And no. the, at a corporate, they don't want the, no. the narrative. No. They want you get open the joke book and give me a boom, joke. Boom, it boom, might boom, be off boom, the boom. internet. Yeah, yes, we I don't can, care. If I can plagiarise uh, Brian Potter from the uh, British sitcom Phoenix Night, mm. tell us a joke we know. <laughs> yeah. well, you never want to hear that. Well, you uh, were saying off air that you were at a corporate. You were saying I, I do a few corporates, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you. Uh, basically, a lot of corporates think you're a good comedian if you remember jokes, uh, 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 <laughs> which is there it very is. much to what Tony. <laughs> Saying. And how do you remember all those jokes? <laughs> right. No, the Montreal Comedy Festival, I understand, is the place to go to to see uh, material being stolen. Yeah. And Ross Noble told, I won't name who he's talking about, but Ross Noble. Ross Noble was in the audience of a gig at uh, Montreal and saw an Australian comedian doing a whole chunk of his material. And he knew it was his Richard. material. Richard. <laughs> yeah. With the wig on. Richard had the wig on, yeah. you know. But and listen to this. He knew it was his material because the story it was based on had been invented by Ross. <laughs> Ouch. He went, he'd made up, he'd dreamt a news story and thought of a whole lot of jokes for it. And went, oh, I'll say that was in the news. And then this other bloke comes out and says the same thing. Ouch. The, the thing is with Ross Noble, his material is so kind of surreal and original. Right. You know, he talks about budgers eating jelly beans. Monkeys. Just imagine. And who's going to steal that? There's a load of monkeys. You've got a load of monkeys in the boot of your time. Don't mention monkeys. Uh, you've got a show coming up at the Melbourne Comedy Festival and probably touring around to all centres called Where To? It is. 
called Where To, and it's about life inside the taxi. It oh. originally started life as conversations in a taxi, me ah. talking to drivers. Where are you from? How long have you been here? Taxi oh, cab wow. Have you been busy? Yes. yes. And uh, then I decided to get uh, over the console into the driver's seat, so I sat the taxi school at Silvertop. Uh, which is, contrary to popular belief, quite comprehensive. <laughs> well, let's find out how that's been going. We'll do that next on Get This. All right, we're just making it up now. Thank you very much, Eskimo Joe, here at Get This on Triple M. Lawrence Mooney is with us. You were saying before that song, you've been driving a cab, mm-hmm. researching a new comedy festival show. That's right. I'm uh, I'm doing Comedy Verite, or The Method, if you like, <laughs> yeah, where I go out and live it like De Niro yeah, on man. the mean streets of yeah, Melbourne man. and hope that it yields something comic. Uh, but what it has done is just opened my mind really? as to what happens inside the cab. It's fascinating. Do you know what you do out there, the travelling public? You get in there and you tell me secrets. They spill is their guts right? because they think that, well, the cab driver, well, like, you know, he's a blank canvas, he's anonymous. Oh, it's like the confession box. Oh, the confessional. Effect. One bloke was saying to me, after too many beers, I was taking him back to uh, Glen Waverley, and he said, oh, I'm moving in with my girlfriend tomorrow. Am I making a mistake? Am I? <laughs> and I said, well, you got to... Don't ask a male for advice on this. Speak to your mum. And uh, he goes, well... And this, his theory was beautiful. He goes, this is my, this is my idea, all right? I move in with my girlfriend all during the week. I sit there in tracky dacks. We eat takeaway. We watch DVDs. She loves it. That's junk time. And then, on the weekend, I'm free to hang out with my mates. Yeah. So he's referring to time with his girlfriend as junk time. (laughs) Yeah, I'll make up for that later. (laughs) Isn't that delicious? I went, yeah, it sounds like you've really got it planned well there. And then he went on to tell me that she was a New Zealander and how wonderful she was. Yes. But New Zealand women... They're just so laid back. Aussie chicks, they ride you, mate. They ruin your life. But New Zealand chicks, laid back. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, wisdom. Are you dispensing wisdom as a cab driver? Look, I I observe a bit of a protocol. I won't uh, engage in conversation and start spilling my opinions on the passenger until they kind of engage me. But uh, quite often they're up for a chat and so they sometimes you sit in silence. But some of the wisdom came during my uh, Silvertop Taxi School. Yes. Uh, Peter, who was uh, the one that signed me on, he looked at me straight in the eye and said, why do you want to be a cab driver? I said, oh, because I'm doing this comedy show. He said, right. He said, pretty tough out there, you know, lots of drunks. And I said, how do you uh, how do you deal with a drunk? Mm-hmm. And he said, I, I've been uh, a taxi driver for a long time. Before this, I ran a pub for 15 years, and before that, I was a copper for 15 <laughs> years. He goes, all I've dealt with is drunks. <laughs> and this is the secret to the drunk. Yes. He said, drunks are like children. You tell them off, they'll throw a tantrum. Ask them for help, and they're yours. Wow. So, and ask a drunk for help. So, if his mates are arcing up in the back, don't go, would all you guys just shut up? Because then he's like, oh, why don't you? You say, excuse me, could you tell your mates to, you know, keep it down? And then he's like, give the taxi driver a go. (laughs) Give him a go. This bloke's all right. (laughs) And you have enlisted him for life. (laughs) That's the most sensible bit of advice we've got on the show. So is that what I should have done when the drunks came up to me in the street the other day and literally grabbed me around the neck and told me the story about how his friend had just lost a dare so he had to go and have sex with a pre-ops transgender? Right. Should I try to... Ask for his help. Ask you for ask help. for his help. You say, could, now that you've got me in a headlock, could you carry me home? <laughs> and he goes, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. Come on, we're carrying Ed home. You're right. Rather than, the... hey, let go of me, he goes, right, oh, you're up yourself. It's true. It's exactly what happened. I said, oh, that was a great story, fellas. May I leave? All oh, right. Our story's not good enough for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. good enough for the You radio. say, do you know what? Could you tell me another story? I'm just going home to get my clipboard. And uh, they'll wait for get you. Get my phone. <laughs> not good enough for me. I've had that in Scotland. Uh, uh, a bloke uh, claimed I was, I think in his words, you standing at my girlfriend's tits. What? <laughs> and then I've gone, no, because I actually wasn't. Right. And then he's turned the other way. What, not good enough for you? Uh, right. Why are you standing at my girlfriend's parking chicken in a basket? Is that right. what you're I have no idea what that means. And your next, and your next statement is, you, you just want to punch me. Uh, regardless of yeah, my, let's just cut to the my response, this is so that's helpful advice. That, that is great advice. Have you done that, Lawrence? Have I, had... I've had drunks and uh, asked them for assistance, and they are just malleable. If you tell a drunk off, I've also had people vomit, but not in the because uh. I'm very trained at yeah. watching the signs, the sucking of the cheeks when the mouth starts to water, and you get to the um, 
mm, mm. They start working the lips and the tongue. I just, I've reefed the cab over twice and said, just open the door and put your body out. And they're still put in the middle of the out. sentence. Yeah. I'm well. not going to. Yeah. See, when we see that face in here, it usually means the Hinder song's about to yeah. <laughs> But that's good to ask them for help. Oh, buddy, can you come and help me reorganise the boots? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, could you, uh, I don't know, could you help to get the smell out of this thing? <laughs> I, I'll work on it for you. <laughs> I, I actually have uh, given up drinking and haven't had a drink for seven months. Well done. And so the smell of alcohol uh, is so strong for strong, me now. Yeah. Yeah. And anything after 10pm, anybody that gets into a cab yeah. is just blind. But I'm assuming, <laughs> I think it's a law. I'm assuming you're countering that by wearing no deodorant, though, as a <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Jeff Kennett that uh, made taxi drivers wear uniforms. Now, Tony, yes. Richard, Ed, really. why was... In Victoria, it's uniforms for everybody. Yeah, oh. why is that? Why does a cab driver need to wear a uniform? Normally, that distinguishes people uh, from the general public yes. from people that need to be doing a job of great urgency, That's ambulance, right. firemen, police. Mm. But when you get into a cab, not much mistaking who the cab driver is. Ah, that's uh, so true. <laughs> if he was sitting there in tracky dacks in the singlet, you wouldn't go, okay, where's the driver? <laughs> you know, why is a cab driver in a uniform? And don't they have to buy them themselves? They do. They right. buy, and why? how many do they buy? They buy one. Uh, and, uh, right. and I, after, you know, a 60-hour shift... Yeah, I was smelling like a cab driver, but it is also a sign of seniority, uh, how many years you've been in the job. If you've got that black, you know, the blue has now turned black. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He's an old head. He's a top guy. You just go, okay, this guy, clearly he's uniform. It's like a four gold braid on a a sea captain's uniform. The bigger the sort of circle of sweat mark Mm. underneath the uh, the armpit, that's a a badge of honour. You count the rings. Oh, is that uh, right? And you can see how many years (laughs) it's been in the job. The authority. Hey, we want to talk about something entirely different for a moment, Lawrence. Ask me. What have you found? Now, surely you find stuff in the cab. Yep. That's what we're going to talk about next. What have you found to get this? That's Guns N' Roses, that uh, Chinese Democracy album. I think it's only five years away. Good so stuff. look for it in your shops, uh, Live and Let Die. Lawrence Mooney is with us, and I should point out, our secret sound is still... Been our secret sound of the week. Don't know what it is. Maybe you've heard that sound in your cab, Lawrence. Rotorua, I think. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Lawrence is uh, driving a cab for work-related reasons, researching a new show called Where To, coming to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Lawrence, the only thing we know about cab driving on this show is we had a caller uh, a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. who said the hairy checkbook. Yes. If you don't have any money, you pay with the hairy right. checkbook. Yeah. Um, I went down to the Commonwealth Bank and they had no idea what I was talking about. Uh, I, I've asked a lot of cab drivers. Can I say first of all that? Harry checkbook is a complete fallacy. My friend Andrea Powell said, "Have you been offered sex uh, for payment?" I said, "No," and she said, "How embarrassing for you!" Uh, but <laughs> I think that the Harry checkbook is a bit of a fallacy, and it's my theory as to why it's a male fantasy, yes. and it's my theory as to why there's no female cab drivers oh. because you'd get to a long end of a long fare, and every man would go, "Sorry, I haven't got any money," and just lower his trousers. Ooh. Hopefully. Mm. <laughs> but that hasn't happened to you. No, I uh, haven't been offered sex from men or women, but I have been told one joke. I've asked, polled a lot of cab drivers and said, what's your favourite taxi joke? Yeah, yeah. And the same joke keeps coming out. Picked up a naked woman the other night and uh, took her from Ringwood to St Kilda. Yes. And uh, as we arrived, uh, you know, finished the metre and said to her, that'll be $37. And she said, oh, I haven't got any money. And I said, well, how are you going to pay me? And she puts one leg up on the dashboard and points down and I said uh, you got anything smaller (laughs) still works busted out for the corporate gigs oh I'm opening with that at corporate entertainment all over Australia Uh, Richard what was this $50 thing you were talking about well uh, actually uh, the father in Love My Way the TV show Love My Way drives cabs and there's some good cabbie stuff in that Mm. Um, and I heard a rumour that uh, that taxi drivers sometimes when they get drunks in the cab say it's the end of a long shift. I've heard that occasionally they can drive a bit erratically to induce vomiting and right. therefore get the $50 soiling a cab fine fee. Right. Ah. Now, but I'm sure is it it's worth, preferable. Is it worth going through that for 50 bucks? Look, you want to get uh, the drunk bodily out of the yes, cab to, yeah. to vomit uh, before they, you know, yeah. especially if you're one hour into a 12-hour shift. Yeah. But the $50 surcharge, soiling surcharge, as you so quaintly <laughs> oh, put yeah. it. That's a key phrase. <laughs> uh, we were never taught about that at cab driver school. Yeah. So I think that is, in fact, a. Uh, mm. it's kind of made up by cab drivers. I think it's fair cop if you... Unleash in a cab, but uh, I I would think it would be very difficult to get the fifty dollars off 
your post-vomiting drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. And have them just go, yeah, you're right, fair enough. <laughs> Do you have all, a towel? Remember how, like, when somebody does throw up, their eyes are watering, stuff's coming out of their nose, and they're actually completely disorientated. Mm. So uh, I think that yeah. you just, you rob them. <laughs> they're not going to be uh, robbing your check. <laughs> you, rob them. you push them forward into the ground and you rob them. Yeah. Uh, and that's the price you pay. We're learning a lot. We have a soiling surcharge here on the show that's paid up at the end of every broadcast and we're going to talk about what have you found not pools of vomit no. other things that you found not just in your cab but anywhere and that's next get this these lads are the world's happiest librarians brought to you by Chris the Garbo aka Fluff who's taken a vow of silence isn't that right Chris uh, 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 that's a slab buddy that's <laughs> It's get this full of natural cheese and roasted veggies yeah. as always on Triple M around the nation. Lawrence Mooney uh, is with us. Lawrence was just telling me there's a few impromptu soccer games going on. Yeah, the there's a massive uh, queue of drivers out at the airport. Once they drive out to the airport, they figure I'll join the queue and wait for you know the big fair home. Mm, yeah. And uh, because you've got a great racial mix, you know mm. you've got Somalis and. Uh, a whole lot of different African nations and then you've got <laughs> but your... you can't name right now? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Rwandans mm-hmm. and uh, Sudanese. Good, good, yeah, That's good. what I was looking for. And then you've got uh, your subcontinent, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, Indian. Uh, you've got a, these soccering a nations right there. and they do play soccer out at right. the airport. Oh, you ever had a game? Really? Yeah. But I've never been invited to the airport by any passenger, and it's like the Shangri-La for taxi drivers. <laughs> Wee, that's 65 bucks on the metre. Throw in a bit of city link. They don't know what I'm charging them. That's Boy, so true. $3,045. That's how it works. <laughs> I almost paid about 500 pounds to get from Edinburgh Airport to Edinburgh, which yeah. takes about 12 minutes, I think. And you're not going to do a runner in a Scottish taxi, no, are you? not going to. I've got a great story about a Scottish taxi driver. Yeah. Quickly. Uh, a, a guy was threatened, Scottish taxi driver. Uh, they're holding him up, and the a young man's holding a knife to the guy's yep. throat. And he says, You're going to die, taxi driver. He says, Aye, son, I am going to die, but not tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Tough. the line. Have you busted that one out yet? No, no one's threatened me. Uh, people right. like me. Yeah, they genuinely do. I'm, I, as you know, like I come in here and I improve people's day. You don't have <laughs> everyone's to. sunnier. You even got the, the bulletproof screen round the back there. No, there's no screens in Melbourne, no, which I like. No, but no. we we better crack on because Lawrence has got the meter sitting on the desk. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we want to talk about what have you found? Because look at this. Everyone must have seen James Cameron, the film director. Oh yes, busting out what he claims is the tomb of Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, it looks kind of to me like a prop from the Flintstones movie. <laughs> Now but, he's got he's found two tombs, and yeah. I've heard that he's going to be releasing a, a special edition three tomb set. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very nice. Uh, there I mean, scro- there's no, inscriptions all over them. Look, so this is the evidence. One says Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. Uh, one says best before one BC. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but they're claiming that oh, it's a very common name Jesus in mm-hmm. those days. Mm-hmm. So it could. This- could it be could anyone. be an Irish esky, and somebody's just written on it, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> what it is, is it's the latest uh, attempt to distract from the fact that he hasn't made a movie for about 12 yeah, years. Yeah, That's yeah. what it is for James Cameron. Mm. But we're saying, what have you found? What have mm. you found in the cab, Lawrence? I, uh, I in fact, found God one night. Oh, um, okay. oh. Yes, God started talking to me uh, across the dashboard, and he said that I was his favourite. Oh, uh, which is nice. nice. But I also found a mobile phone from uh, yet another drunkard, and... Um, uh, I said, you know, you should come and see my comedy festival show. He goes, yeah, well, you haven't even been funny. I don't think you're very funny. <laughs> and uh, got out at Crown Casino with his mate. Good on and uh, oh, there's his mobile phone Ooh. on the back seat. So uh, it beeps and I open it and there's a text from his girlfriend saying, am I going to see my drunk boyfriend tonight? Uh-huh. And I ring her and say, hello, Wendy, I've found your boyfriend's phone. I'm a cab driver. Give me your address and I'll mail it back to you tomorrow because the protocol or the, the standard operational procedure is you've got to take it to a 24-hour police uh, station. Yep, yep, yep. Do you reckon oh, cab, a lot that. of cab drivers do that with no, lost property? Yeah, <laughs> no. no. Oh, and there's 20 in the back seat. <laughs> no, well, yeah, <laughs> closest uh, But there's messages all night about, you know, lost uh, laptop, lost uh, yeah, photographic yeah. equipment. And it, it is, you know, a rigmarole to go to a police station and hand all that stuff mm. in. 
So I mailed it back to him, and um, I hope they come to see the comedy That's festival nice. show. Oh, yes. He was wrapped actually, and next day he sounded very different sober, uh, <laughs> or the day after the next day, and he said thank you very much. That's very go. kind. Nice. That's one ticket sold, I reckon. Mm. <laughs> Two. Hope he brings his girlfriend. Oh, there you wow. go. That yeah. was just double. Uh, what have you found in Kevily? <laughs> well, I never, I never used to find anything, but I had a friend uh, in high school who was just who would routinely find bags full of money outside this one house in the suburb that we lived. Mm. I'm sure it was a drop-off point because oh, you'd always yeah. find like $480, $760. his wow. wow. a lot of money. He, he was rich. His whole economy when we were growing up was based on bags of money that he'd found. <laughs> and every now and again he'd be out of cash. He'd be like, nah, that's all right, I'll just hang around that house. And he would find money. It happened three or four times. Did yeah. you grow up in New Jersey? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was somebody's envelope. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I found under my house a perfectly formed cat skeleton. And I was told oh, by... No, I don't like this story. This years ago. But a re-stumper told me every house has one. No. Right. Apparently what? every house, have a look under there, perfectly forms cat skeleton. So if you're in Elwood and you're putting up posters on lampposts saying, Miffy's gone... Uh, just go under the hat. Oh, there you go. No. Mm, yeah, it's a sad, what have you found? But Richard Marsland. Oh, well, when I was young, uh, we were walking into the shop with my nana, my sister and I, mm. and we came across about $80 in cash on the ground. Here we oh, go. Yes. And we said, nana, let's hand this in. Like, you know, perfect opportunity for nana to teach us a life lesson about honesty. No, 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 <laughs> pick it up, kids, pick it up. Let's run into the shops now. So we had to pick it up. And also my father uh, found a safe on the side of the road. A safe? A safe. A real, like, you know, working safe. Was it one of the been dropped onto a road runner and just been left there? <laughs> it should have been. I think it was, was used in a robbery. I think it was, you know. Any cash in not, it? Uh, no, no cash in it, unfortunately. Some yeah. friends and I found an ATM uh, just sitting in the wall. <laughs> and we, we, I mean, we did what everyone would do. We had some chains attached to our WRX and we just dragged it home. Yeah. You had Nicholas Boot from Today Tonight <laughs> yeah. with you and you had some chains in the boot ready to go. Well, that's the thing. When does When is theft actually finding things? Uh, oh, that's too serious a question for this no. program. Our question is, what have you found? One triple. Three, five, three. <laughs> That's in excess here at Get This on Triple M Around the Nation. Lawrence Mooney is with us as we ask, what have you found? Ed, what's happened? Hi, Rod. How are you going, guys? Excellent. What'd you find? Oh, probably about 20-odd years ago, I was driving down Sydney Road in Coburg, and there's heaps of traffic, and all of a sudden I see this black box bouncing on the road in front of me. Yes. And as it's got beside me, it's just sort of opened up, and money's just gone all over the place so I did a big star skin hunch up on the footpath <laughs> and uh, stopped the van jumped out and the bloke across the road he stopped and he stopped all the traffic in behind him and he's and I've gone oh did you see where that come from the bloke says no I thought it was yours I've gone no mate so he's grabbed the box <laughs> and I'm there running down Sydney Road picking up these 20s here 20s there 20s yeah. here so he ended up with the bulk of it which we probably would have been a couple of grand in there yeah. it was in the days of the old getting paid cash for your work sure <laughs> yeah. into your bank account so he ended up with about 80 bucks wow. about two our, our next caller is Chopper Reed <laughs> and he'd like to work <laughs> wow right well done mate 80 <laughs> bucks Sydney I come from Sydney. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Thank you. <laughs> I would have thought it was would have been nice to sit down and have a beer and, and share. Yeah. Nah. And the bloke's got the box and he's gone with yeah. it. Yeah. No, that's yeah. where I would have done. 80 bucks. Mm. Right. Our cool. next caller has found a severed head. Who have we got? Hi, Vicky. How are you? Hello. Hi, good. What happened? Um, actually, I'll cut a long story short. Okay. My mother passed away a couple of years ago. Mm. Certain members of the family moved out of the house. Yes. And my auntie and myself were up there cleaning up, and we've got a couple of rot wheelers in the backyard. Right. And she went out into the backyard to have a look what plants she could pinch, and she's come running in saying to me, quick, quick, come and help me. I think someone's tried to break in, and the dogs have attacked them, and they've lost their wobbly bits. And I went Ooh. out in the yard... And there was a vibrating friend that looked so real where the dogs had chewed up the end of it. And my auntie commenced to pick it up on the shovel saying, oh, what are we going to do about this poor person? <laughs> okay. So, so hang on. she thought that what's happened is uh, a, a series of nude people have jumped the fence to steal plants and been interrupted by the Rottweilers. And uh, something like that, yeah. And the, their buzzing wobbly bits. <laughs> Where did Someone the a wobbly bit. where did the aforementioned sexual apparatus come from? Uh, well, I think it might have belonged to the sister-in-law. Right, yeah. but so we won't go there. What's her name? 
number? Yeah. Okay, so the dog's dug up a vibrator. <laughs> yeah. Who's going next? Hi, hi, Matt, how are you? Oh, not too bad, yourself? Good, thank you, sir. Which vibrator did you find? Well, funnily enough, I have found vibrators because I'm actually a bed delivery salesman kind of guy. Oh, okay. Bed retail. So I actually go in with, um, you know, new beds and that, but some mm. people actually forget what they've got underneath the bed. Oh, oh under the old bed. Right. So what have yeah. you seen? What have you seen? Come on, man. Okay, well, we've got diaries, okay? So yeah. that's filled with all personal stuff. I sort of tend to give that over because... You know, yeah, fair enough. It's worth nothing. Not only sure. there's lots of cash, there's nothing. Involved. Exactly. But um, also we found, you know, the sexual apparatus of vibrators yeah. and including electrodes. Oh, really? Oh, right. So a bit of uh, yeah. Guantanamo Bay style action <laughs> is a big one. Well, it's funny though because a lot of the that, the electrode one was actually quite an obese woman, and she was standing over my shoulder while I've seen it, and I've looked over my shoulder, and she was just staring at me and I'm like um, you weren't reading those signals <laughs> well I'm not sure if she was trying to give me some hints or not but oh I was, yeah she was I was scared <laughs> I, was, I was the only guy there and I hope you guys are still together yeah. what a lovely story <laughs> and under every bed perfectly formed cat skeleton <laughs> thanks hi Matthew how are you hello hey mate what did you find uh, mate I found a Winchester rifle oh god oh, whereabouts <gasps> In the bay, uh, Iron Cove Bay, which is at Leichhardt in Sydney. Yeah. What did you do with it? Uh, well, I rang the police, and they came and um, got it. They and, came and um, shot you. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was it, really. Yeah, no, they, um, they checked it out, and apparently it had been used in a robbery, and oh, I had to show wow. them where it was picked up, where I found it, and all that sort of thing. And, yeah. and if no one uh, collects it, do you get to keep that? I would have. This is about 20 years ago, but right. I, I, uh, I think they're illegal now, those rifles. Yeah. What's inside the van door that you just shut? Um, nothing now. Right. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yes, I picked up the mystery sound. Yeah, good job. <laughs> good, Lawrence. With, with those uh, cat skeletons, we actually uh, lost a turtle once. Yes. And, and the uh, council came around closing down like incinerators and that to burn off. Yeah. And uh, we mo- removed the incinerator from my mum and dad's place, and there was our pet turtle shell. Oh. oh. There you go. It's a sad story. Thank the you. The studio audience have gone all gloomy yeah. now. <laughs> Hi, Chris. How are you? Yeah, good day, guys. How you doing? Good, bro. What'd you find? Mate, I'm a plumber. Um, I was doing this little job on a house and um, had to dig a few holes. Yeah. And I was looking for this pipe, and I was just sort of um, just scratching around, just moving a bit of dirt around. And next thing you know, there's 800 bucks in $50 notes. Bang. So you obviously keep that. Mate, I, I made a beeline for the closest liquor store, yeah. and my beer fridge just looks so good after that. It was just incredible. And may I say a wise investment, sir. <laughs> well done. Because uh, you could just fritter that 800 away, couldn't you? <laughs> On needless things. I could have wasted it. <laughs> and uh, can I ask, uh, sir, Chris, did... The bloke who was on at the beginning of this segment, and he said, oh, now that, you know, paying for things in cash is a thing of the past. That, that's not true, is it? Cash, mate. Right, I'm a tradie. Cash. Hey, yeah. hey. I've never seen so much cash after they brought that GST thing in. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Remember, that was the main reason we got the GST. Oh, it's got to get rid of the black economy. No, it's giving it the kick in the pants it needed to really get up to speed. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, Chris. Hello, Scott. How are you? G'day guys, how you going? Uh, really good, what did you find? Well we went out into the casino one night and parked in a car park near there yep. and um, came back and in our boot the next morning was a bag and inside the bag was like high heels, moisturiser and a stripper's uniform. Oh, wow. yes. Making it worse, it was my girlfriend's car and she found it so we just had to explain that we, f- we don't know how it's there. <laughs> right, so how much is your girlfriend making doing this? <laughs> Why and moisture? because the stuff, like the actual uniform, smelt like a stripper. Yeah. We, hung it, we hung it from our light, so it was the air freshener in our house. So our whole house smelt like a stripper. Yeah. <laughs> See, Lawrence, hey, you could, uh, instead of the little Christmas tree on the mirror, you could have a stripper's uniform. Hey, Scott. What does a stripper smell yeah, like? Hey, Scott, how would you describe odor stripper? Oh, it's, it's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, everyone Ooh, who found good. something. Uh, we'll be back to wind up the show in just a few moments. I'll get this.
Echo Beach. That's Martha and the Muffin Tops. I understand there are two Marthas in Martha and the Muffins. That's Richard true. Marson. Yeah. Oh, Richard Marsden gearing up for his bout, his rock trivia bout with Alan Bro. It's happening next Tuesday. Oh, okay. Smackdown. On Get This. Lawrence <laughs> Moody. <laughs> Smackdown. Lawrence, you have something to say about Echo Beach? Yes, I do. Uh, in year 11, way back in 1981, I was in Economics B. Yes. So on the way to that, we'd sing Echo B far away. Yeah. Oh, Echo B. To anyone who was in that class. Hello to Craig Braddy <laughs> and Nick Gibbons, our Thank teachers. you, Bo. Uh, Lawrence, this has been a lot of fun. What a so bunch of great fun. stories. If your show is half as good as what you've been busting out of your notebook, that's going to be a top old view. You when is it happening? It's happening from April 4th to April 29th at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Book on comedyfestival.com.au. It's probably coming to your town, and I love what yep. you were about to say. You were about to say, do you reckon there's enough in there? Yeah, I was. I reckon there is. Uh, do you reckon there's a couple of the laughs? Audience? Questions from the audience, yeah, perhaps, for a while? Uh, uh, that's... Uh, I'm not going to do questions from the audience, but I am going to test them on their knowledge of Melbourne. Oh, right. So there's going to be some prizes to be won. There's cool. a treat. And, it's uh, going to be like Quizmania. Oh, <laughs> Those yeah. questions just go for 45 minutes, <laughs> and we give away $3 at the end. Improvisational genius uh, after midnight on Channel 9. But uh, thanks for coming in, Lawrence. Thanks to everyone who called up. Great stories today. Our key phrase, what was it, Ed? Smells like a stripper. Oh, it's, it's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll be back tomorrow with Josh Lawson. And it's all thanks to, as yet, nobody. (laughs) He has no pants, but he is all class.